everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Peters, and today we're going to be talking about gospel-centered kids ministry. Uh, we uh, all have a desire to have Jesus at the center of our ministry, but what does it really mean? Uh, my guest today is Bill Emiot. Hey, Bill. Hey, Chuck. Bill is the lead kids ministry specialist on the Lifeway Kids team, and he trains churches in all kinds of different settings and environments, uh, both where we bring folks here to our headquarters for training, right, Bill? Yes. And then also uh, leading out with training at our Etch Family Ministry Conference. And we'll have a series of breakouts at the conference this year. Can you tell us just a little bit about what some of those breakouts might include? Oh, man, we've got a great lineup to this year at Etch. We try to be really intentional about how we in, uh, invite people to share their breakouts. We'll have kids ministry breakouts. We'll have family ministry breakouts. We'll have student ministry breakouts. And we'll have leadership breakouts that kind of go over all three of those ministry areas. And so that... The Etch uh, in Etch Conference stands for Equipping the Church and Home. Yes. And so your, the training that you have put together with your team is so very practical in terms of the equipping nature that it's just an exciting thing that people shouldn't miss. I hope so. I think that's, the, that's our goal is to equip ministry leaders to go back to their churches and really make a difference and an impact with their kids and their families. So that's one of the areas that you lead. So listeners, we'd, we would welcome you and invite you. Except, uh, consider this your personal invitation. Bill and I would love to have you come to the Etch Family Ministry Conference this October here in Nashville. Yes. And you can find out more information at etchconference.com where you can see uh, pre-conference sessions are already posted and a bunch of other stuff there that you can check out about the conference. And so then Bill also travels and does training all over the country in all kinds of different settings. And so there are quite a few people who have spent time with you as you download your knowledge uh, into others to to multiply the things that you've learned to, uh, to serve the church. And so I just think that's one of the coolest jobs. It's my favorite job. It's my favorite thing to do. I, I love what I get to do, and I love doing that. I, I feel like that it's an opportunity to invest in um, – the, the ministry, kids' ministry outside of just who I am and into other people, and then hopefully they're investing in leaders in their own churches. And it's a multiplication process. I see it. Uh, see myself as a, a multiplier. And anything that God's given me, anything that I know, anything that I'm able to do, I want somebody else to be able to learn from that and then multiply that out into the lives of ultimately boys and girls and their families. And so some of the things that you get to teach, I know you teach all kinds of things about best practices and mm -hmm. safety and security, uh, you know, standards that we need to have in right. place. You also teach things about how to connect with kids, how to lead le other leaders, how to organize a team. You've just got so much that knowledge that you have that you share. Um, but one of those things, each year, we have different emphases. Right. Emphases? Mm -hmm. I think emphases is probably. <laughs> we have different uh, things that we emphasize. There you go. Uh, and this year, we've been talking about gospel-centered kids' ministry. And so you have developed uh, a lecture that you give, a right. workshop that you conduct uh -huh. around this idea of gospel-centered ministry. Really loosely based on Brian Dembozik's um, uh, book, The Go Gospel-Centered Kids' Ministry. Great. And so this, as you've been uh, developing this and sharing this all over the, the travels that you uh, take, your journeys, uh, we've decided to have you come in today and share some of that with our listeners. I'm glad some to be of here. These, uh, things that you've pulled together and, and tips and insights and advice about this notion of gospel-centered ministry. Right. It's something that, again, I think we're all in favor of. Mm-hmm. 
but we may or may not be aware how well we're achieving that. Well, I think you're exactly right. I think all of us mean to be doing gospel-centered kids ministry. Um, I think that's probably in all of our minds the goal, but the truth for me is, was, am I really? And, yeah. and what does that look like? If, if I'm really gospel-centered, obviously, you know, we all have the, a cross on our wall in our offices somewhere. You know, that, that is the intent. But at the end of the day, are we really playing out the intention, being intentional about, about being gospel-centered? I think I that's think a key word. I think for me, it's, it's being intentional. Yes. It's not just saying I am or meaning to be or, yeah, it's always underlying, but being intentional. Or thinking that you are, because some of us may believe that we are, because we have that intent in our heart and in our mind. And then the question, uh, when we when we really look at what we're doing, are we truly elevating the name of Jesus and the person of Jesus in every session? Right. Um, for me, Chuck, it was really about making this idea that um, I've been I've been in kids ministry now for. I, a lot of years, <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, about 30 years or, or more. And and I think about all the kids who've gone through my ministry, even uh, as a full-time children's minister. And then since I've been here at Lifeway and equipping children's ministry leaders, I've been involved in the children's ministry of my church and Sunday, as a Sunday school teacher, Bible study leader. And I, I've seen a lot of kids come through and, and um a few years ago, I read a statistic that really challenged me. Ed Stetzer had done some research through LifeWay Research, and the statistic shared that um, 70% of our kids who go through our preschool children and then student ministry will walk away from the church. Yeah. 70%, not just 70% of the kids in the world, but 70% of the kids that I'm looking at. I go to a, a nice church um, here in Nashville, and um, this year I have a smaller group of kids actually have um, 10 kids on roll who are pretty regular attenders. And you're in what grade? Uh, third grade. Third graders. And I'm looking at those 10 kids now and thinking seven of these kids, statistically, seven of these 10 kids are going to walk away from the church. Mm after student ministry. Now, there was a point in my, my world where I would have blamed the student ministers for that. <laughs> you know, it's what are they doing to the kids that I'm sending up to student ministry? But at the end of the day, I have a part to play in that. Um, I want to change that statistic. And I, I, I don't think what we've been doing is wrong. I, I teach Bible study, Sunday school, every Sunday morning. I don't think there's that's wrong. I teach, in my church, I teach a children's Bible drill um, during a season of the year where fourth, fifth, and sixth graders come together and they learn, uh, you know, 25 verses and 10 key passages and learn to books the Bible, can find them in 10 seconds or less. I don't think that's wrong. Right. I um, also uh, lead children's choir, preschool children's preschool choir on Wednesday night. And I don't think that's wrong. I think all those things are right. Yes. <laughs> but I think that I haven't had the right emphasis, or we haven't had mm. the right emphasis. Uh, we haven't had the right <laughs> emphasis on the correct syllable, you know. <laughs> and I, I just feel like that somehow we've been doing all these right things in the church, and they're walking away. That's where this book and this this challenge for me really popped me in the head when I realized something's missing. Something's not stuck. Mm -hmm. Something, I've been teaching Bible content. I've been teaching how to worship God. I've been teaching how to use your Bible, but somehow they're growing up and it's not stuck. And that really began 
this journey for me on this putting the emphasis on the gospel. Yes. So it's really not a change of the resource that you're using. It's not a change of the program that you're running. If there's anything, it's just maybe an awareness in us as leaders. And then being intentional about this awareness, even from recruiting leadership. You know, what does it look like to be a gospel-centered leader? Well, at the end of the day, it looks a lot like any other leader that you're looking for, someone who's uh, experienced uh, transformation, somebody who's growing in, in, in their faith, somebody who is an equipper, an encourager, an empowerer, all those things. Those are, the, I mean, that's not different, but the big difference in, in your leadership is the gospel. Are you a reflection of the gospel? Are you for these boys and girls and the leaders that you that you influence, do they see Jesus in you? Is that the center of everything that you're doing? Um, that's that's the difference that the in being intentional about the gospel being at the forefront of your ministry um, as a leader that's the goal that's always what you're looking to uh, we oftentimes we get bogged down in the processes and mm-hmm. and in the filling of 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 volunteer the volunteers or dealing with a uh, a parent or dealing with a, a discipline issue but at the end of the day if 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 we can center all that around the gospel i think that's the difference for leadership gospel-centered leadership mm. um is a reflection and all we do we're always thinking about jesus so what's the simple way that you would define what we are calling gospel-centered kids ministry what's the simplest way to put handles on that for the listeners? I think it is being intentional about placing um, the gospel of Jesus Christ at the center of all aspects of your ministry. And so let's talk about what that means, because we could all sort of take that idea and interpret it differently. But you've got four things or four areas that you've identified to help us, uh, again, put some handles on this so that we can uh, uh, evaluate how we're doing in these areas and then uh, take some action towards this? Well, I think the first one is is gospel-centered leadership. Being a gospel-centered leader and then recruiting and enlisting others who, who share that same um, passion for, for the gospel and for putting that at the center. Some of the things I shared before, um, being a reflection of Jesus in all that you do, uh, equipping and empowering people to do that as well, um, leading folks to be gospel-centered being a gospel-centered leader. And, and, and like I said, that doesn't look different from anything we've ever said. It's just being intentional and adding that layer of the gospel in into that. So from a practical point of view, if you had a team of leaders that you're overseeing and you want them to be focused on the gospel in this sense, how might you encourage them or equip them towards that end? Well, I think it kind of drives to the second point of the whole uh, gospel-centered kids ministry is how are you teaching? What is the premise of what, what is the place that you start from? Um, I've spent a lot of time teaching biblical content over the past 30 years, and, and I, I feel like that I do a very good job of, of teaching that. I, I, I enjoy Bible storytelling. I enjoy making sure boys and girls understand the, the, the stories of the Old Testament, but I don't know that I've often left them understanding that all of that points to Jesus. Hmm. All of that moves them to uh, 
the point of of the entire Bible is is Christ, the Messiah. And so where do we see that? Uh, I read a, a really good book that helped me with that. One, well, two really good books, one by Trevin Wax, Gospel-Centered Teaching, mm-hmm. and then another um, called Show Them Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and Kluppenhauer is the guy who wrote that book. And, and he, he says, he shared three questions that really have changed the way that I prepare in my teaching. One is, the first question is, what is God doing for his people in this story? So as I'm looking at Old Testament stories and even New Testament stories, where the gospel is a lot easier to see in the New Testament, obviously, but in Old Testament stories, what is God doing for his people? You know, look, not not what is David done or what is Noah done or right. what is, you know, I think I spent a lot of time teaching boys and girls to be more like David, to be more like Noah, to be more like Samson or, or, or whomever we're studying. Be, you know, learn from, from these guys how to live your life. At the end of the day, it's not about them. It's about God. God is what the story's about. So yes. what is God doing for his people? And, and time after time after time after time after time, he's restoring. He's uh, bringing them back to a right relationship. He is forgiving them. He is leading them. The second question is, what is God doing for me today only better Mm. through Jesus? That's the big wow question for me. What is God doing for me better? What through this story can I learn that God has done for me even better through Jesus? And then the third question is, how does that change things? Mm. How does that change the way I approach this story? How does the... It doesn't change the facts of the story. I, I like to make sure people understand that. I tell boys and girls every Sunday morning when I get uh, ready to teach a Bible story that this is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. (laughs) I mean, you know, that sounds kind of corny, but the kids have got where they even repeat that back to me. I want them to know this is the truth. Every inch of this book, every piece of this story, every even the incredible and hard-to-believe parts are the truth. It's the truth. But if we can look deeper than just the facts of the story and begin to see what God is doing for his people in the story and what God is doing for me even better through Jesus, it changes everything. So I still present, and I want my, my leadership at my church and those people who are under, under my kids' ministry leadership, I want them to still get that. I want them to know that it's the truth. It's the facts, and we teach the facts. But it changes the way I prepare. And when I start looking at the, the, the Bible stories of Gideon and the Bible stories of, of, of Ruth and, and all of those things in that format, in that thought process, it changes my heart and then it changes the way I present. I still present the story. I still present the facts. But then I'm consciously and consistently and intentionally looking for ways to put Jesus back into that story for those boys and girls to see Jesus. I think that's so important because in my mind, that's the piece. That's the part that I was missing. That's the part that I don't think has caused these kids to stick and for it to stick with them. Um, And then they're really quick to walk away because it was just a great fun time. I know all those Bible stories. I'm concerned that we've raised a couple generations of kids that have gone through our churches and they can tell you all the Bible stories, but it hadn't changed their life. Yeah. Yeah, and we need to be careful because it could be very easy to turn the Bible into a list of things that we should do or shouldn't do. That's about us and our performance, right? And how... Uh, how good we are or or not, and, and that can draw us away from what 
God has done for us through Christ. The grace of Christ is, is all we've got. At the end of the day, um, all the knowledge and all the Bible stories mean nothing without the grace of, G- of God through Jesus Christ and the mercy that he continues to show on us every day. And that's, I mean, that's a, a flag that we need to wave. And listeners, that we need to really, really evaluate what it is that we are communicating. Because even with great resources in hand, it can be very easy to communicate a moralistic application mm-hmm. uh, on top of, of God's word, in which may we never do that, right? Right. But uh, if we turn our, our application into moralism, that, can, that will turn kids away from the heart of God. Yeah, it's all about the grace of God. And, and, and while we still have a responsibility and we still want our kids to be moral, yes. <laughs> it's not about being good enough because there's no good enough to it. Right, and as we, you know, again, even as we have the right perspective, we don't want to lose the forest for the trees in some of these stories. Mm -hmm. And you had mentioned, you know, the 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 Bible is one big story about what God is doing, right, from cover to cover, from beginning to end. That problem of sin that enters and or where God creates and then sin enters the world, and the rest of the of the Bible is God his working out his plan of redemption and then doing that for us through Christ and what we should do in light of that. One big story. And so when we're <laughs> able to study those individual stories in light of how they fit in the bigger story, it is transformational. Mm-hmm. Mm, great. Okay, so you've mentioned gospel-centered leadership, gospel-centered teaching. The second or the third piece of this thing that I think is part of the gospel-centered kids ministry is recognizing that kids are not just um, the church of the future. I think Danielle Bell says it really good when she talks about kids are the church of today and it's it's almost um degrading at some level Mm -hmm. to put them off to be in one day you'll be the church when that's not scriptural i mean once they've been uh brought into the 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 body of christ they're part of the body they may be the little toe at this point but (laughs) i don't know i have i've got both of my little toes but some of my friends who've lost theirs (laughs) tell you that it's a lot harder to keep your balance. So, I mean, they're part of the church of today, and we've got to make sure that that we give them and uh, allow them to to become part of it. I read a either um, in in studying through this uh, a great analogy where we talk about buckets and pipes. I think I spent most of my ministry. I have spent most of my ministry thinking that kids were buckets okay, to pour into and to fill them up and make sure they understood all of the Bible content and that I poured into them um, creation story. I've poured into them Moses. I've poured into them Joseph. I've poured into them all of these Bible stories and, and just poured and poured and poured. And my job, I thought, as a kids ministry leader and a Bible study teacher was to pour into them and fill that bucket and make sure they could um, at some level recite all the the Bible stories. But uh, the challenge really is not to see kids merely as buckets. Yes, we do have that responsibility to teach them and to teach them well and to make sure that they're understanding and, and get the Bible content and even get that Bible content as it relates to the gospel but to see them not only as buckets, but as pipes. Mm. You know, buckets are designed to hold things, and pipes are designed to move things. Yes. So we want boys and girls, yes, we do pour into the bucket, but we want them to move that knowledge 
of the gospel. We want them to move the gospel into their community and to where they are, not just sharing with them knowledge and, and making sure they know it, but they understand what they're t- supposed to do with it, which is to take it to their neighborhood, take it to their school, take it to their clubs, take it to their home even, take it to, to their sporting events, and take it and be the, um, the, the pipes, the conduit that moving Mm -hmm. that knowledge not just something I hold into my in my hands and I'm just walking around and I know all this stuff but I what am I supposed to do with this stuff Mm. not just sit and think about it um, but move that to my friends and and my neighbors and um, I've been thinking a lot about how we grow kids in spiritual disciplines as well and and I, I think that sharing your faith is st- certainly a spiritual discipline at some level that we need to be teaching boys and girls. Um, when kids practice spiritual disciplines as children, obviously kids are children, but when we ha- help boys and girls practice spiritual disciplines, they just grow up to do that. Yes. So why are we waiting until they reach age 18, to, to teach them how to go out into their world. Why aren't we doing that right now? Why are we waiting until they're 21 to teach them how to respond to a dying world or a hurting world or the guy that's on the side of the road who says he's homeless? Why are we waiting until they're 21 to teach them how to do those things? We, if we start when they're kids and we start teaching them to, to move the gospel into their world and into the world that God has placed them around and be missionaries and on mission mm-hmm. right where they are, they're going to grow up to be that as adults. They're not going to have to learn how to do that when they're adults. Right. When we start teaching them that at a, ch- at, at, at a young age, then they'll do it. I mean, it's just like any other discipline. I talk about putting on your deodorant. Somebody taught you how to put on your deodorant. And this morning, you didn't think about it. You put it on yes. because you didn't want to stink. If we can teach boys and girls to tithe and to and to be uh, good stewards, if we can teach them to share the gospel, if we can teach them to uh, to read their Bible as young children, they'll continue to do that as adults. And that's this whole idea of buckets and pipes. Mm. We don't want to just pour into them all this knowledge, but we also have to teach them how to take that knowledge and distribute it into the world that God's placed them in. And that lines up with some of the findings from the Nothing Less research mm-hmm. book that we just completed as a LifeWay Kids team uh, that published with Jana Magruder, our leader, as the author. We found that service and being on mission as a child is, a, is an indicator of spiritual maturity in adults, is when kids are taught how to serve and to not just get filled up with a stagnant bucket of knowledge and information, but to pour back out into others. That is one of those childhood indicators of those who will mature into mm-hmm. adults. Because really what you're talking about is we need to be thinking not just how do we get these kids to behave for an hour, how right. do we spray them with deodorant so they smell good mm-hmm. this afternoon, right? Or, or look like good Christian kids or behave like good Christian kids. We want them to grow, beginning with the end in mind, to grow into spiritually mature adults who generate other spiritually mature adults right right that we need to be reproducing in that way ourselves so it's not that stagnant bucket of water but as that water flows it stays fresh mm-hmm. and alive and gives life what a beautiful analogy i love that. I, I, I really appreciate that analogy okay so it's that's changed something gospel-centered mission yeah. so you've talked about gospel-centered 
leadership, gospel-centered teaching, gospel-centered mission, and then the fourth one? Gospel-centered homes, gospel-centered families. And, and we know families are, are, are messy. They're different. They don't look like they used to all the time. And we're working with uh, different uh, situations and different settings. But when the church and the home come together to wrap around a child, we're going to see the gospel transform, not just the heart of the child, but the heart of the family. And so we need to be um, leader leading in that way. In our ministry to, to children, it really should include, uh, at least a large portion, should include families and, yeah. what a, and, 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 and helping families to become gospel-centered. First, making sure that they've experienced gospel transformation. If yes. we're reaching kids for Christ, there's a great chance that their families aren't you know, if we're just waiting for all the Christian families to come to the church, then we're probably mm. not doing what we're supposed to be doing. So making sure that we do that, partnering with people in our churches that are already have that responsibility. Even our smallest churches has a, have an adult Sunday school leader. Yes. <laughs> and so partnering with those leaders who are already equipped and already thinking family and, and a, the adult part of the family. Um, I spent way too much of my ministry just trying ministering to kids, ministering mm -hmm. to kids, ministering to kids. And there's so much more influence that families have over those kids. So including that, making sure that I'm a champion of families, not just talking about how families are horrible these this day, but being a champion for families, yeah. championing them, equipping them to do what God's called them to do, teaching them. I don't think parents don't want to lead their kids, especially mm -hmm. our church families, but they don't know how to. Yeah, I think they so feel equipping them to, yeah. and then um, encouraging them to live that in the in the community. I think that we, as a church, have for a long time we have we have equated our success by the number of people who show up. Mm. I think that that's a a factor, but at the end of the day, what are what are we doing to get them out back into their community? Or are we just saying, get come here, come here, come here. This is the only place you can find out about God's here. When the truth of the matter is we want families to be sharing in with their neighbors, in their neighborhood, at the grocery store, at the school, wherever families are being an influence, uh, gospel influence there. Mm. Gospel-centered leadership, gospel-centered teaching, gospel-centered mission, not tomorrow, but right now for yeah. kids where they are, missionaries right now, and gospel-centered family where we are not seeing our goal as just pouring into buckets of kids, but that we are uh, investing in mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, those caregivers, mm -hmm. so that that uh, gospel-centered experience continues outside the walls of the church. Right. Not in buckets, but in pipes. Pipes. Great <laughs> picture. Bill, thank you so much. Sure. We so value you and you're in, uh, you taking time to come and, and uh, speak to the audience of listeners. And guys, I hope that this has been a really uh, encouraging time for you, but also challenging. And we want to challenge you to, uh, to evaluate your ministry and to consider what you're doing. Uh, you know, not, Bill said he's been doing this for 30 years, you know, and for the take the number of years that, that, that we've been involved in ministry and the roles that we have. Um, we're still learning how we can be more effective. And that's a great thing about following mm -hmm. the Lord is, is although he is never changing, uh, we continually learn new things every time we open his word. And so uh, to continue to look at our ministry and not for us to get stagnant in how we do what we do, but to be fresh in, in presenting the truth of God's word in a way uh, where Jesus is front and center, beginning and end, is just a great challenge for us. So thank you, Bill. You're welcome. Now, listeners, we do want to invite you to join us at the Etch 
conference here in Nashville, you can connect with Bill Emiot face to face. He will be here. He'll be leading some breakouts and pre-conference sessions. You got a pre-con this year? This year we're going to be doing um, <coughs> Kid Men Fast Track for new leaders. If you're new in kids ministry within the last couple years, then that's the place to come. Three hours of quick giving you all the big stuff. So you know, you'll be doing that. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing a pre-conference session called Kid Ministration, mm-hmm. administrating your ministry. It's something that's a passion of mine. And we're doing something else. We're going to have a party this year. And so uh, Michael Ooh-hoo. Wally is here. Hey, Michael. Hey, Michael is running the controls silently in the background, but he's he's also leading out running point for us on the Etch Conference in his role as our event producer. And so, Michael, tell us a bit about this party event. This is new. We are so excited about the night before Etch kicks off. So on October 17th, we want to invite you guys to our brand new Lifeway headquarters, and we're going to have a kickoff party. We're going to have food trucks available so you guys can purchase food. We're going to have free soda and water. We're going to have some live music. And most of all, we just want to hang out with you guys. Our Lifeway kids team, our Lifeway student team, we're going to be there and we can connect and hang out and mostly just have fun the night before Etch kicks off. And we're inviting our faculty to be there and so uh, members of the Lifeway kids team and Lifeway student team so you can mingle, interact, hang out with one another. It's a great place to network with other leaders who are like-minded. It's the night before the conference, right? right. So there's pre-conference day, so we'd encourage you to check those out. Join us for some training that day, but then hang out with us that evening before we kick off the event. We'd love to have you. Absolutely. And details, guys, are at etchconference.com. That's etchconference.com. <laughs> hey, we'd also invite you guys, as we talk about gospel-centered kids ministry, we also want to invite you to preview some free sessions of the Gospel Project for Kids. If this notion of gospel centricity of gospel centered kid men is something that you really feel passionate about and resonate resonates with you we would love for you to check out the gospel project uh, for kids it's a resource that we create here at lifeway and we'd love for you to get some free sample sessions you can get those at gospelproject.com look for that free sessions or free preview button click that give us some info download those and we would love to have you join us as we kick off the new cycle of the gospel project this fall where we'll be studying all the way through the bible in three years starting in genesis going chronologically and seeing how every story points to jesus well along those lines we want to do a giveaway and so if you are still listening at the end of this lengthy podcast, (laughs) you may be one of the few to enter. And so we have uh, a few really cool Gospel Project for Kids mugs. They're black with this cool kind of cork cork bottom on them and a lid. And so we want to give away five mugs. Wow. And so what we'd like to have you do is share with us a bit, just a very short bit through social media. So not a whole lot of words or characters. Don't, Don't ramble on, but just share a few words of your story of how the gospel or this gospel approach to ministry has changed you or has affected you or what you feel uh, resonates with you about it. Uh, Very briefly, using the hashtag one story, O-N-E-S-T-O-R-Y. So share just a little bit about that. Mention the podcast in your post so we know it came from here. Listen to the podcast. Here's my story. Hashtag one story. And we will do a, a drawing at random to choose five winners that we will send some mugs. Make sure we are able to contact you and we'll follow up uh, to get those prizes into the hands of those winners. So do that quickly. We'll be choosing winners in just a couple days from the time this uh, episode airs. And uh, so go ahead and do that and we'll get you in the drawing to win a mug. Hey, listeners. 
thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you, and it's our desire to equip you well as you serve the church in your community. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back, back next time on the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.